Hey, Shepherd family, I bring grace and peace to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is our third week of the UFC Ultimate Faith Club Worship Series here at Shepherd. We've been working off the theme of Ultimate Fight Club, mixed martial arts, boxing, and then some, to put into context the reality that oftentimes our faith is a fight, and therefore we need the church in order to help us navigate what we do when we're in that kind of ring. As we gather today, we're going to look at the next set of characters from the gospel. We're going to look at Anna and Simeon, two older adults who themselves saw life flashing before their eyes faster and faster, wondering whether or not they would ever see the consolation, as the text says, the consolation of God's people of Israel. And then one day, amazingly, after the birth of Jesus, on one particular day, at a certain moment of that day, Joseph and Mary decided to visit the temple where Anna and Simeon had been stationed so often through their life of waiting. And all of that waiting finally paid off because, as we'll read in Luke chapter 2, The consolation of Israel was presented to them. It was a great day. First, what I want to do today is I want to read to you from Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 21. Maybe you want to crack the Bible open with me, your favorite version, whatever it is, and track along with the narrative. And then the second thing I want to do today is I want to think about the fight of faith, which is our fast fleeting time. Today, I want to talk with you on this Advent of Christmas about mortality and about eternal life and eternal things for which Jesus Christ, God's Son, entered into this world in order to bring us beyond mortality to our eternal life. First and foremost, though, let's go to God's Word. Join me as I read with you from Luke chapter 2. Eight days later... When the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering as required by the laws of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required... Simeon was there, and he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, 
but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Now Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. This is God's word for us today. You know, one of the great parts of Christmas, if you've ever seen a little boy or little girl, is watching that little boy or little girl wrestle with sleep on the 24th of December. It's one of the sweetest, most precious parts of our Christmas culture. Little children who know the great things that are on the horizon for them Christmas morning. And so therefore, in their eagerness, in their excitement, they simply do not want to give up the ghost, give up the fight, and embrace sweet sleep, knowing that in only a few hours, they'll be able to wake up and enjoy, enjoy the gifts, the presents, the smells, the sounds, the sights of Christmas morning. I think about that analogy when I think about Anna and Simeon. The difference being is that it wasn't just one day of the year that Anna and Simeon had been living with such eager expectation for this rescue of God's people, for this day of consolation. They had been living a lifetime. They were both old, and they knew God was up to something good. He had to be. Their world as they knew it was a world that was very antagonistic to God, very alien to God, especially in the deepest crevices of the church. They struggled understanding how it is that God could still be active in such a law-oriented church, how he could still be active in a world in which divine Israel had been superseded by immoral Roman emperors. Anna and Simeon struggled mightily. And the thing about it is, when I think about it, it wasn't just the struggle of the circumstance. It was the struggle of time as well. Their days were passing them by, as we all experience, as we often say as older parents, as older adults to younger parents to younger adults, these days pass by so quickly. Before you know it, they'll be grown up. Before you know it, you'll have grandkids. Before you know it, and so on and so forth. Well, for Anna and Simeon there, before you know it, was actually a present reality. And they were seeing their mortality creep closer and closer on time's horizon. 
I know it's not the best thing to do in the season of, of Advent and Christmas as the lights are beautiful, the songs are merry, and Christmas is drawing closer. I know it's not the best topic to talk about, to talk about life and death and our mortality, but when I think about it in this 2020 year, I, I think it's a true statement for all of us, young and old alike, no matter how at risk you have been through the course of this pandemic season, mortality is on all of our minds in a more pronounced and powerful way than it has ever been in recent memory. Truly, consider that with me. Um, Certainly, if we're older adults or getting older like myself, you know that with the onslaught of COVID back in March, you know that people were starting to say, man, I got I to gotta tighten up my will. I, I've got to make plans. I've got to make clear what I want to have happen for my children, my grandchildren, my business, this and that and the other in case I should die because we just didn't know. We just didn't know about how bad this was going to be. We didn't know how it was transmitted. We didn't have therapeutics. We certainly were miles away from a vaccine. And our mortality was something that was very much pressing on those of us who were older. Maybe not so much the youth. But over the course of this pandemic, we've certainly seen our share of people from many and all generations perish. But our youth, even our young people who themselves may be somewhat inoculated because of their young age to this virus and its terrible effects, even our youth have had to wrestle with the fact that tens of thousands of people have died, some of them that are threatened even today as we've received vaccines and and are on our way to the end of this pandemic, even our youth have had to confront the reality that we are a mortal people and a sizable number of us can be felled by a tiny little coronavirus that looks like a bad Nerf ball. You know, it's just a a reminder for me that part of the message of Christmas, even if we don't like it, is a message of immortality. Part of the reason why Jesus Christ comes into that manger and takes on mortal flesh is to redeem our mortal flesh and promise us, provide us a flesh that is incorruptible. As we hear so often sung in Handel's Messiah, we will be raised, we are told, incorruptible, immortal. Anna and Simeon, like you and I in these days, were confronting their mortality in very real and pronounced ways. They took seriously that it was quite possible that they would pass from this earth and from history's memory without ever seeing in their location, with their own eyes, in their flesh, the redeeming work of God that they so desperately longed for. And yet, by God's gracious compassion, he made manifest to them the greatest antidote for mortality. He allowed them to hold in their arms, to see with their eyes, the Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
And I'm mindful that for that reason, we have in our liturgical tradition now a great something that's called a canticle, a little tiny uh, song, a canticle. It's called the Nunc Dimittis. It's a Latin phrase, which uh, means, now let your servant depart in peace. It's what Simeon said in Luke chapter 2. Now, O Lord, let your servant depart in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation. Mine eyes have seen your salvation. That's the antidote to immortality. And I want to remind you that Christmas, as you probably already know, it's not the carols. It's not the cookies, for sure. It's uh, not the presents under the tree. It's the gift of the Lord Jesus from God to you to be enshrined in your heart. That's the gift. That's the gift that allows us, like Simeon, whether by COVID or some other circumstance, some other mortal cause, to be able to say at any and all times, Lord, I have seen your salvation. By faith, I've received the Savior Jesus. And now I know I can depart in peace. You can depart in peace. And so, if like me, a very mortal human being, at times you find yourselves afraid of death, afraid of dying, afraid of passing from this life you know into a life that we only through Scripture get uh, little glimpses of. If that kind of fear creeps into your heart as, like I'm experiencing these days, time is just flying by. My kids are getting older. I'm someday soon, I think, going to be a, a grandparent. I'm not saying my children are having babies yet. I'm not saying that. <laughs> God, no. But what I am saying <laughs> is this. Time may fly by, but God has visited already. He's visited this world. He's visited this earth he has taken up residence in Bethlehem, on a cross, through a tomb. And to this day, by the power of his Holy Spirit, he resides in me, in you, as a temple. And because of that, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I can say to you honestly, joyfully, confidently, we may depart in peace. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, both now and forever. Amen.